Happy New Year, everybody. Today, we are going to look at the best moments of 2022. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I promise there were a couple. Okay, so you can laugh about it, whatever, that's fine. But there were a couple of, of actually good moments, believe it or not, in 2022 for this baseball team. And then Scott Harris made a trade, like the second that U of M lost. So we're going to take a look at those two things, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Sunday, January 2nd, 2022. Thank- 23. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Okay. Happy New Year. May 2023 be the best year yet for you. Uh, hopefully it is better than 2022 because uh, that's what that's what we want. We want we want this to be the best year yet. Um, like I said in the last episode, thank you all for for supporting me throughout. Uh, the last couple of years on this show, and and hopefully this this year can just take us to to even bigger heights, and we can keep just talking ball because that's what we love to do here, just talking ball, baby. So speaking of talking ball, let's talk about the. I, do you want to start with the trade or end with the trade? I I don't know if I want to. Let's start with best moments of last year, and then we'll end with the trade. Okay, because really like one segment on the trade like that's it like this isn't like a 30 minute break that this is not I think people are just so excited well excitable maybe like it's just so desperate for a move that this was like some huge talking point when it shouldn't have been this is like not that deep okay so we're gonna end the show with that I've decided right here right now let's talk about some of the best moments of 2022 okay Let's take a look back at some. And now, again, like I said in the cold open, I know. Okay. I know that, oh, well, how can you even have a show that's the best moments of 2022? Nothing went right. This was terrible. Haha, this is so funny. How ironic it is to have a 2022 best episode or best moments episode. Like, I, I understand. And I know that I'm going to read that. And, and I, I'm prepared for that. I that's It comes with the territory of what I do for a living. Okay. Like, I, I, I'm, I get it. But I genuinely do think it's important to realize that this is not like, I don't know, this wasn't just like the worst thing to ever happen to any team ever. Like this wasn't even an 100 loss team. And organizationally, a lot still happened. And they might have been moments that lasted a day. They might have been moments that lasted an inning. They, they, but there, there was some good, and, and we're not going to look at like the five worst moments that happened in 2022. That's all we've talked about for the last three months. That's all we've talked about for the last six months is just how everything has gone wrong, and like it did, but there was still some 
cool moments in this past year. And I, and I want to highlight those. Okay. First off, Miguel Cabrera. I think that that's a really easy place to start. And he is going into his final season. What 2023 will be his final year. And 3000 hits was awesome. I uh, had the, the, the pleasure of being there. Uh, I got to go with my dad. Super cool. Super cool moment to, to see Miguel Cabrera reach 3K um, sitting next to my dad. Very, very cool. So something that I will certainly remember and, and cherish forever. And I hope that, uh, like, I, I understand his production. I had a whole episode when we did, like, the, oh, you know, breaking down Miguel Cabrera's season. I, I did a whole thing where I said, I just don't expect anything out of him in 2023. We're not penciling in Miguel Cabrera for, like, three war anymore, or even two war, or even one war, really. Like, it, but those moments are, are awesome. Objectively. Awesome. So, for whatever it's worth to you, Miguel Cabrera, certainly one of the cooler moments and, and one of the best moments. In some people's eyes, probably the best moment of 2022 was him reaching 3,000 hits. Jose Iglesias running across the diamond and hugging him. All awesome. Okay. Um, Where do we want to go next? I guess we can go with more, like, finite kind of on-the-field stuff. So, I think the next one is Chris Fetter. We found a gem here. We didn't find him. Like He was highly regarded when he was at Michigan. We got a gem here. Chris Fetter continuously proves to be one of the best pitching coaches on the planet. And we have not been able to say that about very many coaches that have been here for the last six, seven years. So it's very reassuring to know that kind of like what Scott Harris said in his introductory presser, this, you want this to be a place where outside talent looks at the tigers and goes, you know what? I can get better. If I go to this team, I have the chance to develop and, and continue developing if I am a member of the Detroit Tigers and as it stands right now pitchers can actually feel that way and that's awesome and and I think the pitching staff is the pitching coaching staff is really only getting better I think the additions that they made this offseason are really exciting and really intriguing and I'm I'm really really pumped I'm really pumped about this season for for the pitching side of things so uh, again, say what you will about the offense. It's all true. We're not going to have too many positives about the offense in this episode, but the pitching staff and the pitching coaching is, as I think one of the biggest reasons why the pitching staff was as successful as it was. So very, very cool. And it, it's just, it's really reassuring and nice to be able to hang our hats on something. And as it stands right now, that is certainly the, the pitching coaching staff. Okay, so that's another really easy one. And then I guess in the same breath, we can kind of just go to, you know, the starting pitching and the bullpen. Uh, several really cool moments individually, but 
a lot of success stories in there. And and that is the reason that this wasn't like an 120 loss baseball team with how bad the offense was. The the sole reason was because the pitching kept our heads. I, I don't even know if you want to call, you know, a mid nineties loss total above water, but like that's, that is the reason why. Right. So I think that, that that's another, and again, when you're looking at the future then, right, you, you got to look at the past if you, if you want to look ahead. And I think that looking at the pitching staff, you go, okay, we can hang our head on this. Again, like this is something that in the future, this team can have some sort of identity. Offensively, we're going to draw walks. On the other side of the ball, we can develop pitching really well. That's a pretty good identity in my eyes. And this is the early stages. I'm not saying this team's going to be good next year, believe me. But I, I do think that there is some groundwork. This isn't like, again, like people just talk about everything that's going around with this team so negatively. And it's just like, oh, well, like nothing's ever going to get better. And there's nothing that's good about this entire organization top to bottom. And like, that's just objectively not true. So I, I think that that's another thing we can kind of look at and be like, hey, this is this is solid. The pitching side of things. OK. OK, let's. Keep the ball rolling. We got some more stuff that I want to talk about. Some individual game moments, too. That were There's not a lot, but there are a few individual game moments from uh, 2022 that I do want to, to highlight and talk about as, like, cool moments of the season. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends of every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football, college bowl season, basketball, World Cup, just ended, but phenomenal. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Second segment of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars at tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right. Let's just keep talking about some of the cool moments. I, for individual like game stuff, there's only a few, right? There's not, there's not a lot. Um, and, and if you want to do the flip side and if we wanted to be negative and do the, oh, what were the worst moments, there are certainly a lot more of those, but there were some cool moments. First off opening day, all right. Everyone is just really optimistic about this team. Everyone's looking like, Hey, this could be a really good year. Javi Baez hits a walk-off like the new addition, right? We, we beat a division rival, everything. I, I was at opening day as well with a good buddy of mine. Like it was, it was awesome. Opening day rocked. And then the next 161 games were just downhill. And so, tough, tough. But in a vacuum, opening day was very cool. The the vibe and, yeah, I guess the vibe around the team and around the park on opening day was something that that I haven't felt in, in in years with the Tigers. And it was... You know, whether it ended up being right or wrong is is irrelevant in the span of 24 hours on opening day. Uh, people really were really excited about this team, and, and there was a lot of, uh, of hope, and people had higher expectations than they've had in a while, and it was, it was really exciting. 
like the way that they did it, right? Like Erod gets the start. He wasn't an amazing start by any stretch, but kept him in it. And then like Haas comes in and, and gets a, a homer off of Hendricks, who is one of the best relievers in all of baseball. And then Javi and then the, the, the theatrics of like, it's, it's off the wall. Is it caught? Is it bounced against the wall? Is it a walk off? Is it an out? Just like the, the whole thing. And it was, it was a really cool day. And, and outside of the stadium before and afterwards was, was a party, man. I, I, oh, I love Detroit. I just, I love the city of Detroit, man. I love the people. What a fun day that was. What a really, really fun day that was. Um, so that, that was certainly one of the highlights of the year. Uh, on the field, there was another game pretty early in the season where Javi Baez had like three diving grabs and the go-ahead home run late. And I remember in that moment, I think I tweeted something out about like, you want to know the impact that like one player can have on a game? Because he he was just everywhere. And yeah, like, again, I don't want to keep reiterating. Like, I understand that this season was was a failure and that Javi was, was not nearly what we paid him to be by the – by the end of the season, but uh, again, we're just talking about the best moments, and in that moment, it was a very cool game, and it was very cool to see a big free agent acquisition for the Tigers actually like show up on the field, and it was early on, and again, it didn't last, but whatever. It was a cool moment for sure. I think the only other big one, again, outside of like any Miguel Cabrera milestone, uh, the, the only really other big big like single game moment was uh against baltimore i want to say it was in june will vest this is the will vest save you guys remember that will vest came in it was bases loaded in comerica we had lost a lot of games in a row or at least uh, a lot of games recently and we swept baltimore that weekend it was a weekend series, and Will Vest came in, bases loaded, and closed the door. And it was his first career save, and he was having such a good year up to that point. And the second half wasn't quite as kindly to him, but it was still a really solid year for Vest, absolutely. Um, but that was a that was a just electric factory. That one got got the blood pumping, heart was racing a little bit. That was a really really fun game. And it was it was back and forth offensively, and to just for him to close the door like that, and everybody, well then you know Soto, everybody like can't stand Gregory Soto, which is still kind of ridiculous. But uh, everybody was like, "Oh, Will Vest for closer, like make him closer," and you know, regardless of what happened to him the rest of the year, and and regardless of what happened, uh, you know, that game didn't really end up meaning anything, but. It was still a very cool moment, and uh, that was maybe the most electric game of the season. Like, single, like, finish to a game, positively. Obviously, negatively, there's, like, the Minnesota game takes all, where Hasi, I think it was Haas, threw the ball in the left field and the walk-off and everything. That's obviously the, like, most ridiculous in the worst way, but I think the most electric game in the best way was probably that one. I can't think of anything that really tops it. Comerica was rocking that night too, though. So very, very cool. 
for sure. Uh, I think, I don't know, like that's pretty much it for like the on the field, like, oh, cool things that happen on the field. Like, the, and that's not to say that, you know, nothing else good happened the rest of the year. But uh, as far as like single moments, the, like, you know, the crowd was really loud or like whatever, that that's pretty much it. Um, but very, very cool moments regardless. I think the next thing is like a, a generalization and then more specific afterwards. So like the development. Like, this was a, a pretty big win for the organizational development um, this season. Was, was a pretty big win for, for development. And you can point to, to a lot of things. You can point to all five of the players that were added to the 40-man roster that if you asked anybody a year ago if those five players would have been added to the 40-man, uh, I, I would imagine that most people would say, like, maybe Reese Olsen, and that's it. I don't think anyone really expected five players from uh from this year's team to make it on the 40 but they all had really good years and all absolutely deserve it and there was a lot of players like Meadows like Wencio Perez that I think people looked at and were like oh this dude is what he is probably whatever like I don't know long term meh and just absolutely flipped a switch and were great this year and so I think that that's a, a big win on the pitching side of things. You have a lot of development success stories. Uh, Wilmer Flores, really, like Wilmer and Kerry Carpenter, who we'll get into in a second, are probably the two biggest storylines in the organization, period, like major league included. If you're talking success stories, I guess I should say, those two are probably the two biggest stories in the entire organization. I mean, very, very, like breakout by every definition of the word, seasons uh, for them. And so Wilmer obviously is in there. Reese Olsen had a really nice season. We already talked about a little bit. Just a, a lot of developmental success stories, and that's that's awesome. And that's what a good team, like the foundation of good teams are built on that. So uh, something that the, the previous regime didn't, I don't know, even like really care about. It was like, oh, if we draft high, we'll be fine. Like, and that's just not how that works. There's like, 20 rounds in the MLB draft like you're only tanking for the first round pick the rest are all available to you just as they're available to everybody in every round so uh very very nice season as as far as development is concerned excuse me and within that I guess we can just naturally transition that into Parker Meadows not Parker Meadows Kerry Carpenter I I think Carpenter was was Maybe the story of the year. Again, like Wilmer, maybe too. But I, I think Kerry Carpenter is probably the story of the year. This was a dude that I don't think anyone expected to be like a consistent Major League Baseball player like nine months ago, ten months ago. And absolutely dominated in the minors. And by the end of the season, was not only getting – a look at the major league level just because like, Oh, it's the end of the season, whatever. Let's just see if this dude that's mashed and the minors can actually do it. He was productive at the major league level. He had a solid OPS, especially if you can pair it to like anyone else on this team. And yes, he still has some stuff he needs to work on. Obviously he spent two months at the major league level. Like he has development uh, stuff that, that he still needs to work on. But uh, I mean, what a huge, huge success story. Anytime you can take a, a prospect that's not very highly regarded, not a top five, not a top 10 prospect in your organization, and they can play their ways 
into being in the conversation at least of like, hey, is this guy going to be on the future of this team? That's a massive win. And to do it, again, with how bad the offense was this year, to do it on the offensive side of the ball too, just a, I, I, I cannot put into words how big of a success story that is. So hats off to Kerry Carpenter. Hats off to the, to the development and the coaching that helped him along the way. Awesome story just because, like, he's a cool kid. But most importantly, well, probably not most importantly, but also just as importantly, very good for the organization as well. And we'll see how, the heights that he can reach, man. Like, he's played his way into – he's going to be on the Major League roster next year, and he's going to be splitting time with Miguel Cabrera at the DH position and uh, might get some some time in the corner outfield as well, I'd imagine. Uh, he, he's, he's played his way onto this team, and that's awesome. So, okay, let's wrap this up, and then we, I only have a couple more uh, things for the best moments of the year. Then we'll get into this trade that everybody is – uh, talking about, even though I, it's not really, whatever, we'll get to it in a second. First though, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays and I know one of my goals is to lead, eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, when you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, like, I don't know, a lot of healthy food doesn't taste very good to me, to be honest with you. Built Bar is the thing for you. You have to try it. Healthy is actually tasty with Built Bar. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, my favorite, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. They're healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For the new year, they have inserted themselves into your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. You can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a box, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, close to a Sam's Club. Run in, grab a 13-bar box with all of their hit flavors, brownie batter, churro, thank me later. Later, that's the word. Thank me later. So go to Built.com or go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and check out Built Bar today. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment, Locked on Tigers. So really quickly before we get into the trade, let's just highlight just a couple more really cool moments. Eric Haas, definitely a success story. Again, like he he wasn't putting up an all-star caliber season or anything like that, but when compared to the rest of the team for sure, and just comparing it to he improved technically, like barely, but he was a little bit better uh, than he was last season. Well, in 2021. And it was a heck of a turnaround because in May, I thought he was going to get DFA'd. Like he was really struggling at the plate. And then he started getting a little bit more playing time and he took it and ran. And uh, this a team that desperately needed some offensive production got it in the form of Eric Haas. And, and I had my doubts about him. Uh, I, I still have some stuff that I'd like him to improve on, but uh, that doesn't matter. 
over the course of the season when he's uh, comfortably the best and most consistent hitter on the team from June through the rest of the year. So uh, Hasi definitely deserves his flowers. Does that he's going to be in the conversation? He might be like the one A catcher next year. We'll see. Um, only other thing I think I want to talk about is the Riley Green call up, and it was pretty short lived uh, because the team was just so brutal and just sucked the life out of everybody. But uh, the the Riley Green call up was a very very cool moment, very cool moment. It was very fun, and we won for a little bit afterwards. Well, I think it was against Texas. We, we, we won some games after he got called up. And I think it put a little bit of energy back into a fan base that really did not have a lot for a majority of the season, rightfully so, to no fault to any fan. Uh, but it, it, that was a cool moment. And just seeing him play, like I, I know that, you know, he, he didn't have unbelievable, you know, like Julio Rodriguez numbers or anything. But uh, like this is one of the best hitting prospects we've, ever had to be honest with you like Riley Green is is the best Tigers hitting prospect of my lifetime and uh we'll see if that translates into him being one of the best major league players in my that the Tigers have had in my lifetime but uh just the hype around him and getting the call up and everything was 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 again a fun moment in a season with not a lot of fun moments so I understand this season sucked And I understand that a lot of these moments you might look at and go like, this did not make it any better. And that's fine. You're right. It didn't make it any better. This stunk. But to act as though this organization has absolutely nothing going for it is also just as wild to me. So, okay, let's talk about this trade. Let's just get this over with. Um, I'll tell you what this trade isn't. Okay, we're going to start with that. This trade is not acquiring a starter the, the Tyler Nevin like is not gonna come in here and like oh my goodness we have our third baseman he's gonna start a third it's Tyler Nevin oh my goodness I'm so upset Tyler Nevin's our starting third baseman no like Tyler Nevin is not gonna be the opening day starter at third base it's not gonna happen it'll be Kreidler before it's Nevin and like, this is just a, a depth utility player that walks. Like, it's on brand. Okay? Like, that that's really all there is to it. This is not – he's not going to play in 120 games. He's not going to play in 140 games. He's not going to be the everyday starting third baseman for the team. It's not – like, it's, it's, it's not happening. In 60 games last year, he had an 11% walk rate, which is why he was acquired. However, he had, like, a – 560 OPS like yeah 560 OPS in the majors in 60 games last year in AAA last year he also had an 11 percent walk rate and 861 OPS solid 2021 at the MLB level uh had an OPS over a thousand but it was in like yeah six games doesn't count and then in 2021 at the minor league level where he spent a majority of his year, he had a 9.3% walk rate and a 696 OPS. Like he, he, he has a sub 200 average at last season. Uh, his, yeah, his average at the major league level in his career is 205 and his career OPS is like what in the 500s it's 604. Like I, I promise you that this front office did not bring in Tyler Nevin to be the everyday starter at 
utility player. He plays a lot of different positions. He's played. He played some first base. Um, has played some third base. He's played some corner outfield. That that's all this is. That's it. That's the extent of the conversation. And that's why it's like a little bit of commentary at the end of the show. And that's it. You do not have to worry about Tyler Nevin. Like, I don't know, like any trade it's, I understand that it's the first bat we've gotten all off season. And he had a sub 200 batting average last year. And that that's like, Oh my goodness, whatever. But, this is not a move to be like super excited about for starters. This is not like a, Oh my goodness, revolutionary. This is like such a crazy cool move, but at the same time, it's also not like a detriment. Like this is not a, a problem either. It, it's a, it's a depth utility player that again, walks a lot. It's super on brand and that's kind of all there is to it. So there you go. Tyler Nevin, your newest member of the Detroit Tigers for cash considerations. Cash Consideration is going to have a good year this year. His projections for this season, uh, they have him at like a half a win player. He was a negative 0.6 win player last year at the major league level. Uh, The projections, which I can't stand, but people kind of somewhat, some people respect uh, like steamer projections and stuff. I, I, I steaming pile of blank is what I like. I, I don't respect these projections at all, to be honest with you. I'm, I I don't care about them. Uh, it's just every year. It's just like, if you were below the mean, then you're going to progress forward back to it. If you were above it, you're going to regress closer to it. Like that's all projections are. So like whatever to me, but for whatever it's worth, maybe you're a big fan of steamer pro- projections or whatnot. Uh, 0.4 war, a 102 WRC plus, but only in 39 games played. That is the projection. He's 26 years old. And yeah, he will get at bats at the major league level. I promise. But uh, it's not going to be like a 500 plate appearance season for Tyler Nevin. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to start the season on the major league roster. He'll be on the, he's on the 40, man. That's yes. Depth utility, man. That draws walks. On brand, makes sense. Gave up cash, not a big deal. Everything's okay. All right? Everything's good. Okay. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check on, check out, rather, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, just like us, baby. Okay. Um, I think that's it. I had a little bit of a stuffy nose today. Hopefully that didn't make this unlistenable. Also, like two or three minutes ago, my like studio froze and then it just started working again. I might just leave it in. So it might just be me staring in the camera for like 30 seconds. We'll see what happens. I think that's it. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all on Wednesday, baby. Go Tigers.